Hello. Hello. We're back again. Back, 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 back again. <laughs> back, 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 back. Giving back. you a dose of what's happening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi everyone, Hi. it's Talia It's Lourdes and welcome back to The Dolls Discuss If you would like to support our podcast then give us 5 stars on Spotify And also leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts With if you a can, 5 star With well. a 5 star as well If you can, do make it written because that apparently helps yeah, the engagement the engagement as and well And we have noticed... The and engagement in, has been engaging. Increasing, yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. fans are engaging, which we love. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this is episode three, which is part two of our wee intimacy double episodes. And this one is going to focus on the joys and perils of sex. <laughs> Miss Mend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> It likes to call me peaches when we get this nasty. <laughs> <laughs> and it do be nasty. I like honestly disgustingly filthy. What do you want to talk about today? Well, we have we have some things to talk about. Well, what am I saying? I don't know. Right. How's your week been? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How's your week been, actually? Um, mine was good. So last week I just worked hunters again as usual. And then I was down in Liverpool with my bales and girls. Crazy cuckoo cunt of like the craziest <laughs> crazy cuckoo cunt. Shit's getting gaggy, <laughs> quite literally. Um, so yeah, I was there at the weekend until Monday. That was fun. But now that's me back in for the foreseeable. So yeah, love. What about your week? My week's been fun. What did I do? Went out Easter Sunday. Like Jesus was resurrecting <laughs> like, that day. Jesus was rising. I went out. Mean Spit had a nice day on Saturday, and then I went out on Sunday, and I didn't come home until Tuesday. I should do. But to be honest, fine. Tuesday's pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was at Redacted, so <laughs> it was fine. Um, I wasn't being crazy. And then you had your wee photo shoot thing yeah, today that so was cute anyone who listens to this who perhaps follows my music practice yeah which of course they will um i shot the cover for fall into place which is today. something for the summer something sweet for the fucking summer Exactly. Um, and when so, the air is hot and the nights it's are long. long. And the air will be hot and the nights will be long when it gets released. Exactly. It's getting released the day before my Riverside performance, I think. So just calculate calculate that up if you That's will. That's fun. But the cover is perhaps the most gorgeous cover yeah, that I've ever shot. That's gorgeous and we're obsessed with her. Um so yeah, that will be the song of the summer. It I really think. will be. I hope. Unless I release a song, but <laughs> what's it what's it gonna be called? Pumping the pavement. Slut pop. <laughs> that says slut pop. Get your dick out. I know actually. I oh might. speaking of decks <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about sex. Exactly. Right. What do you want? Right. How we? How we doing? This? Okay. So, should we start off with? Well, what's your thoughts on sex? First of all, um, my relationship with sex has been one of. 
a confused, a confusing one. Let's she say was, that she's, she's been confused. She's been confused. Uh-huh. Um, I for ages when I was, um, so I think actually at all the way that I view myself and have viewed myself since literally like going through puberty and stuff was obviously not of the very kindest relationships I had with myself. So that in turn hasn't necessarily led to that good a relationship with sex. And I think because on top of struggling with gender, I also really, trigger warning here, struggled with body image issues as well. And when those two go together, the last thing, like for ages, one of my biggest fears was take my clothes off in front of anyone. Mm. And I think that led to quite a few encounters where I've been like blackout drunk and stuff, which obviously at the time, like, we're going to touch on yeah, that. Yeah, like we yeah. can go into that further. But that doesn't necessarily always lead when these intimate moments of having sex with someone are being had in that way. Your sober outlook on sex is sort of skewed. And mm. I think now my relationship over the past, like what, year, year and a half has definitely been progressing and becoming one of more ease but as just one of these things, I think as well, growing up in childhood, sex wasn't necessarily something that was like openly discussed in my family. Not that like my mum's going to be sitting down how to tell me how anal and all that. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know how you do. <laughs> but you know how when like, if something as in, like if there's not even any slight conversation, you then have to go and do all yeah, the research yourself. And also it's like the research that is, conducted is not the most like um reliable mm-hmm. source of information like i learned how to like douche through like pornhub yeah and fucking like like that google like you, see that like google YouTube. one and it's like the step one step two and it gives those like cartoon pictures yeah <laughs> but, on, but honestly see like like we will be talking about sex and we will be talking about fluids and things. So if you don't like that, jump off the podcast because I'm about to start talking about this. <laughs> um, but I honestly, I <laughs> like I taught myself how to do it. I had no idea what I was yeah, doing. Genuinely. I taught myself. I genuinely taught myself how to have as sex. Well. And like, see, just like on the topic of douching. It's one of these things that, like, it can go really wrong as well. And see, when you aren't being taught that, you'll have that garden hose up there, power <laughs> wash on, absolutely getting everything out those anal cavities. But your organs are all falling out. All in your walls. Your organs are falling out. Honestly, you're like, oh, that's actually a large intestine. Pop that bitch back in. <laughs> no, so, because obviously experiencing sex before I transitioned, the only sex that I, I, I never had sex with a cis girl or whatever my i lost my virginity in like a very like gay male sexual environment mm-hmm. um and i was i think i was like 16 which is actually upon speaking to other people that's apparently quite late yeah i was 17 that's you know, late no that is late but also not that late because I'm now only eighteen. <laughs> but you're fi- I don't you're know. Just, you're I think just it's one of those things as well. I think. I mean, to be fair, w- like see, being in school and being like the only like gay male at the time, 
the way that cis people who were genuinely still children at that point were having sex, like it sort of freaked me out. No, because completely. It's like, like, and again, I guess it's because there was like, there's barely any like sex education given for like cis straight people, never mind any sort of people. queerness. Yeah. Um, education but like see like genuinely and especially at that age you think you are like know everything but you see looking back like see 17 that you're still a child yeah and also when i got into my first relationship i was still a virgin lost my virginity in that relationship then proceeded to be in that relationship for another four years and between that time i only had sex with another person and that was in like a kind of like threesome situation and so i came out of that relationship and i was like ah, right I'm at uni, balls to the walls. Yeah. I need to have sex with so many people now because, and I spoke, I was speaking about this at the weekend. It, when you come out of an environment like that and you come into um, uni or college or art school or, or however you want to classify it, everyone's having sex with anyone. And fundamentally, I had had so much sex in my relationship but I still felt so inexperienced. Yeah. So I was like, that. I need to get on my A game. Yeah, and I think uh, it's one of those things as well, because um, obviously there's like a link between queerness and sexuality. And quite often I think it's one that if you are a queer person that isn't necessarily overtly sexual, it can be a quite tricky like road to navigate because... There's a pressure I feel that is like subconscious that like if you're not having loads of sex, your queerness is somehow invalidated. Yeah, very true. Which, and this isn't me shaming any queer person for having loads of sex or not having any sex at all. I think it's something that is unique to every individual. But when you are in an atmosphere, especially if you've like moved to uni halls or that, and you're in a predominantly queer environment where majority of people are engaging in loads of sex there is a pressure put on you yeah. and it's not by like anyone's single fault yeah and i think that there should be the allowance for a critiquing and, a, and an investigation and an analyzation on why that is so apparent and kind of what that means yeah um little topic idea question however you want to classify it that we got through on the dolls discuss instagram was um, how many que queer people discover their sexuality online mm -hmm. and kind of how perhaps kind of like dating apps and things like that have progressed yeah. with that and mm -hmm. what when I was discovering my queerness that was very much a time of Tumblr and you would see um, I don't know what would you see? I think no, it, there's, it, it, there is... You'd see, you'd see, like, these, like, fucking, like, aesthetic videos of, like, people getting fucking, like, choked out to Lana Del Rey songs and shit like that. And yeah, it's, like... And it's, like, and it, it's sort of, like, there's so many different points that that can go off into that when people are... Younger people are being forced to go and find their own like education on sexuality it's quite often becomes an extreme education that they get yeah. especially if it's one of queerness and if you're like again at the time when i was a young presenting gay male it is like you always see it's like that pure trope but it's like the older guy coming after the really young twinky person yeah which okay like 
if it's can say in short and the ages are legal, that's fine. Mm. But it, I think that I uh, I think there should be a critique on why so many older men lust after. Oh no, yeah, young, completely younger people, and I think I would never shame anyone on age difference or whatever but when you have perhaps a 30 plus year old like let's take a a kind of like gay male perspective of it like when i was in uni if you have like a 30 plus year old person trying to um get in about an 18 year old Hmm. Yeah, yeah weird i'm yeah, not gonna lie yeah, i'm gonna because, say it it's yeah strange. and it's and sort of that same fatigue that you see in the discourse that you see online all the time where it's like um there as like age when it comes like down the to daddy dom little girl age trope. is actually like not oh, like obviously le- like legal age and all that matters but like see if you're waiting until somebody is like just turned 18 Truly, there isn't really that much difference between when they were 17 than they're 18. Than yeah, just, exactly. It's not like you don't wake up and suddenly you look like an adult, you're acting yeah. like an adult. You're still young and you're still impressionable and can be taken advantage of. And I think, especially for younger queer people moving to a big city, it you are particularly vulnerable to that kind of attention especially when you come from a small town which most likely will not have that many queer people in it and you come but you come to the big city <laughs> and suddenly all these men are like coming after you but i remember i even i remember like i would be in polo sometimes and these older men would come up to me and i would just be like that i'm like i i'm not trying to shame you or or bully or anything but this is weird. Yeah, like, like, that, like that, this is weird. Like this is weird that like you are interested in me, and I know within myself that I am already so immature. I look like a child. I act like a child. Yeah, and you see, it's like how, yeah, how can we have that mindset? But then these people see no difference because I honestly remember my first sort of. Because there was a small period in time where I genuinely struggled with what I thought was my sexuality at that point. But in reality, it obviously panned out years down the line that I was struggling with my gender. Because I really, I never ever came out as gay to my family because I always was was like, I don't agree with coming out. But in reality, it's because it felt unnatural. Like it was Mm. me like coming out, but not actually as my true self. But I remember like my first experiences of queerness and like gay culture was being like 15 slash 16 on grinder evidently looking like a child these yeah. men would message me and be like you look really young and i would be like oh, oh i'm on the app i'm 18 and they'd be like that's fine right and that's not fine because, yeah. but, and again it's one of these things i obviously put myself on those apps because a lack of but you but as an individual i think it's fine for young people to be curious and to be inquisitive on what their life is going to be like mm-hmm. when they do come of an age where they can use these apps responsibly i don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing what i think is a bad thing is that there are older men on these apps preying on these younger people who evidently do look very young yeah and it's not even just a case of you tell you tell them like an age that perhaps isn't like 
particularly correct or whatever, they still should not be in like attempting to interact with someone who looks that young. It's also so much to do with like power dynamics and kind of like this weird male centric idea of wanting to be dominant and powerful in a relationship. And I know for a fact that half of these guys get off on the fact that like they just feel superior to you. Yeah. It's the same way with chasers, which we'll get into later, obviously. But it's like they use their age and their intermittent attention and the way that they can validate you as a way to feel superior to you and as a way to like hold almost hold it over you. And so they themselves feel better about themselves and they can feel powerful in situations because most likely these men came of an age where being queer and being gay just wasn't all right. Yeah. Like, wasn't all right at all. And they probably still internalise a lot of that. And so they play out that internalisation by chasing after younger people and, like, trying to hold power dynamics. Don't get me wrong. It's weird and it's groomy and it's kind of pedophilic at the yeah. end of the day. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, completely. And it's, like, again, that then... Like, because I think when queerness is spoke about quite often, I think that the queerness that is represented most in public domain is that of gay men. Mm. So, and majority, not majority, but like there is this large influx of that exact dynamic. And that then in turn leads the public to cling on to that, which then opens up this like conversation of like queerness and paedophilia mm. and all that. Which doesn't lend itself at all because it's... I think there's the same, but th this is also another thing, is that, like, I think there is the same amount of gay men that... Well, not the same amount, but if you were to look at the demographics, it would probably be quite equal. But it would be the same way as, like, older men looking for y younger, younger girls. Gir younger yeah, girls. Uh -huh. Like, it's the, it's, got, it's the exact same dynamic. And so many of our feminine beauty standards are placed within are kind of like steeped in paedophilia when you think about it it's like no hair yeah, short narrow hips thin yeah it's like what are you describing a prepubescent yeah, child yeah and it's like oh my kink is school girl and it's like that's not actually a kink that's just yeah that's weird <laughs> literally like, and i guess like again I'm, kink is one of these things that i don't necessarily have that much experience in and all that so I don't want to overstep by saying this isn't a kink and then in turn as offending someone. I think you I think but... you can have dom and sub um you can have like a dom and sub environment where perhaps there is like this uh, th there is this obvious power dynamic and people as long as it's consensual people can like be really into that but see when it starts getting into like the age play stuff yeah I'm kind of like okay you need to investigate perhaps is this something that is a kink to you or is it some perhaps something deeper and you're using this kink quote yeah, um, like, um, in, in quotes to kind of like express those thoughts and ideas that mm -hmm. you already have yeah um yeah how do you feel about hookup culture um so again i guess that sort of goes into that first point that i was saying um, whilst living my life as a wee gaby, I didn't really hook up that much. 
like don't get me wrong I did do it occasionally and stuff but again I was living at home and it's not as if I'm going to have the fucking front door going like an actual saloon door <laughs> <laughs> hi mum another one thank, thank you, you. <laughs> your mum's lying in bed while you're getting your cheeks clapped <laughs> she's just like, what the fuck bye Brian pick up my <laughs> um, another one thank you uh, thank you um, and I think like as I'm getting older and I've moved out and I'm becoming more okay with myself, don't get me wrong, I have hooked up a lot more. But again, there is this link that I'm finding it sort of hard to shake where a lot of the times that I'm hooking up with people, it's when I'm really, really fucked up. Right, like white yeah. girl wasted on the brown liquor. And evidently, because I think there's still this, see this like arranging to meet people and like the sober vibe there very much still is that sort of like not nervousness but like vulnerability that I feel yeah. that like see even if I was to like be talking to someone and we arranged to like go for drinks and meet or something like I would have to be a wee bit tipsy before no, literally, like literally. I, don't, I, I very much could probably count on my hands the times that I've like had proper stone cold sober sex so at the beginning of this year I read this essay called The Future of Seduction by Mia Liv Vitten? Latvian? How do I say that? Latvian? Leviathan. A writer. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read a quote from it because it touches completely on what you were saying just there, and I think it's something that we can delve deeper into. Um so the subheading is called Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? And the quote goes like this. So Dating apps are not responsible for creating the hookup culture which sprang out of college campuses, but they certainly perpetuate it into adult life. Texting also plays a part. Without instant forms of communication, hanging out looks more like dating because you have to make plans in advance. As participants are meant to play it cool, campus hookups often rely on blackout levels of drinking so that either party can disown what happened the next day. This is problematic for consent. Not only because it makes memory fuzzy, but because alcohol can cause men to overestimate sexual interest. If we rely on substances to lower inhibitions, we don't get valuable practice in seduction, or sex for that matter, without that crutch. And shouldn't we be aspiring to sex good enough to remember the morning after? Mm -hmm. Perhaps this is why only a quarter of students are enthusiastic about the hookup culture that permeates today. So I think this is... When I read that, this was also something that I've been thinking about is like whenever I would like go out on a date, go go out for drinks or whatever, it takes because I already am quite anxious when meeting new people and like experiencing a new person and getting to know someone, having that crutch, that alcohol to just kind of like subdue it. Mm -hmm just makes everything a little bit more easier. It's like liquid courage, like they call yeah, it li liquid genuine. courage for a reason, you know? The way that, like I, it's also so tire tiring to have to like, every time I want to meet someone new, I need to Drink. get a wee bit pissed. Yeah, genuinely. And also just like, and like experiencing sex and like having sex, I think perhaps out of the dates that I've been on this year and out of the hookups that I've had, only one of them has been like sober. Like the initial meeting has mm -hmm. been sober. And even at that, I was high as a kite. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually so stoned. Yeah. So it's like, 
yeah that's that's still like it but obviously alcohol is worse because i i think it's um because it's, it's, a, it's a more toxic yeah and it's of... like a messier one because like if it's that stage again of like completely blacking out it's just it makes everything more tricky because it genuinely is like that we um snippet of that as he said it's like what is the point and like because still the view that i have of, of sex is that it is inherently quite a vulnerable thing mm. Because you're sharing, like, a part of yourself with that other person. Mm. And it's like, see if you're going on a drink or you're, like, drunk and then you're doing things that you necessarily wouldn't have done sober. It's like you're almost then in turn sacrificing, like, what you owe to yourself. It's like, because it's like, see, at the end of the day, you don't walk by everyone sober and think, I'll have sex with you, I'll have sex with you. Because, like, you these people you probably wouldn't get on with. You wouldn't share the same. Yeah. Like, you want to be sharing and having sex with people that are completely on the same wavelength as you. Wavelength, sorry. As you, when you add alcohol into in this mix, it gets messy, doesn't it? Yeah. And I feel like before, after, I kind of, became a lot more comfortable in myself, even though I had that comfortability. As a girl with a dick, there's still an element of kind of like, this is a really vulnerable moment mm -hmm. for me. No, completely. And you might be fine seeing me as I am, but I don't, but you, you only know what's going on in your own head. Mm -hmm. And so in order to engage with that, and in order to be okay with that, maybe I just need to get a little bit tipsy or a little go a little bit like hoo hoo, just so that I don't feel so immediately self conscious. Cause like I'll walk, I'm fine. I'm I'm fine with how I am with myself, but perhaps what I'm not fine is how other people might see me or how they might view me. Yeah, especially, you know? and I think that then because in turn as well. It's all well and good, like, being on dating apps and, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, and, like, picking your best sex photos. But, like, see... You're not exactly whapping whap your whole look. Aye, exactly. But then also being trans, it's like... I, like, I still sort of feel like, see, when you meet these people, it's almost like there's that fear of, like, not being trans enough. Or, like, mm, or right, still okay. having, like, the fear of, like they're going to look at me and just see a man's body. Right, okay. And, or, like, one of the things is, like, I've had a few people say it to me before where, like, I've, they've heard me speak and they're like, that. that's not what I expected you to sound like. And it's like, okay, so you thought I was going to have a more effeminate voice. And then that's another thing. It's like all these things, like, okay, you can pick your six best photos, but when you're sitting down at a bar or you're sitting down or you're in, naked in bed with someone, it's not necessarily going to be the exact same angle. But that's also such, like, an inappropriate thing to say to, to someone who, who is trans. <laughs> I genuinely, like, I genuinely I know, think so, like, just I never thought that you'd sound like that and you're like, ah, what? <laughs> what what did you expect me to sound like? Like angels singing, and instead they got this. Hi, <laughs> hi, Gorm. Yeah, um, but I, again, I think that probably speaks more on the type of person that I was entertaining or speaking to at that point. Right, where, okay. like, um, sort of touch touching on that thing, like, see this 
trans fetish this like chastity vibe they're not okay they're like a way of like to say she and all that but like they're not necessarily like I think they come in to things with like a high expectation of how trans quote unquote because they are going the to be. only way that these people have experienced transness is through porn yeah which provides this whole other plethora of issues that they will then project onto you and then make you feel weird about yeah. it but it's like that i'm just here existing being Literally. the being the best person that i can be and that's a, the, another reason why i am just not interested in dating straight men is because most chasers will be straight men yeah and it's like i do not have the time to be made to feel uncomfortable or strange interacting with someone i'm not interested in it and also for me it's like it's difficult to separate sex from emotional intimacy because I'm a very emotional person and I feel like the best sex that I have is someone who I can relate to on an emotional yeah. level. And m most likely, if you are straight, I'm not going to be able to relate to you on, emo uh, on an emotional level because there's been a way that you have been conditioned and brought up and there's been a way that I've been conditioned and brought up, but also I have de further developed my spiritual, mental and emotional well-being to a point where I only want to interact with people who are on that level and you're just not on my level. Yeah, exactly. So I don't have the time. Yeah. Should we talk about chases? <laughs> <laughs> no one's running. No one is running. I know we're all doing a casual strut. So how, what, what I thought, I thought about this the other day and I wrote it down to make sure that I would, I remember, is that essentially... Toxic people seek out people who don't have a solid sense of self in order to remain superior or manipulative within the situation or dynamic the two people are in. So, aka chasers, right? Yeah. So, the thing about chasers is that having dealt with a few, do you know, right, so how I, how I think of it is that these men, these straight men, idolise the fact that we as trans people are so fundamentally aware of themselves and it highlights to them that they are so not mm -hmm. aware of themselves. So by placing themselves above us in a sexual context through like physical sex, messaging online, intermittent like romantic reinforcement, talking to you so much at one point, then ghosting you, then yeah. popping up to you again, then ghosting you, then popping up. They use all these acts and behaviours in order to remain superior towards the trans person as an individual, to then feed their own egos, to then make them feel better about themselves. It's a, it's a power play, it's power dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, because it's literally, it's, I mean, when you think about it as well, it's like, see, you never hear about women chasing purely trans men, or to the best of my knowledge, you don't hear it. Yeah. It comes down to that thing of like the insecure masculinity mm -hmm. that these men have as well, that then causes them to act in these ways. Yeah. And it's like this, like, what I was like very much in a relationship with a chaser 
And it's like the way that I would be so sure of myself and I would be so aware of my own emotions and my own thoughts and my intelligence and my emotional intelligence and would just do so much to just chip away and undermine it and undermine it. And I think that also there needs to be a very, we, we need to talk about the fact that as trans people or as um, trans feminine people, not everyone who is attracted to us as a chaser. Mm -hmm. I think some people are very quick to kind of like use this trope of like, oh, this person's a chaser, this is a blah, 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 blah. Trans amorous people aren't chasers. Trans amorous men aren't chasers. What makes someone a chaser is the disrespect and the deep set conditioning that they have on how they view us. Mm -hmm. And in turn, how they then treat us. Exactly. Someone who, <gasps> even in like, because I have had positive sexual experiences with people who have been attracted to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them chasers. I wouldn't call them this because they are just people who are attracted to trans people. Those kind of yeah. people exist. What makes a chaser a chaser is whether the fact they want to hide you, they want to disrespect you, they want to emotionally physically or verbally abuse you in any kind of context mm -hmm. that's what makes this type of toxic person that specific definition it's not whether they like fancy us or not yeah that's and not I, I think that's the tricky thing as well because if you, everyone just runs around calling everyone that's attracted to any trans person a chaser, a chaser. it just stops people like yeah exactly. open, being open about liking trans people and all that exactly it's all i think fundamentally it's all about a level of respect and awareness yeah and i think it takes again it takes a certain secureness within yourself to be able to distinguish between the attention that someone is giving you whether it is um purely like just like a liking for you or if there is this sort of power play dynamic of the chaser yeah. and obviously it's not going to be from the get-go because like People don't just come at you waving all their red flags, but there is, like, there has to be. But and that's what else they get off on. That's, like, quite often you'll find that it's, like, they're going after trans people who aren't necessarily always secure in themselves yeah. or secure of their self-image. Exactly. Because it's, like, almost, like, easy easy catch. And no, it. exactly. Like, catch, like catching fucking fish. Yeah, genuinely. Like, fish, little fish, cardboard <laughs> box. No, so, like, this is the thing. See, when you are a trans person early in transition, fundamentally you won't feel great about yourself. Yeah. You won't think great things. And see if you're used to receiving no attention or little bits of attention or whatever. When someone starts giving you attention on a scale that you've never received before, you appreciate it so much and you want more of it. Yeah. But it's understanding that this attention is not worth your time. But... A lot of the time, you don't figure that out until, until you're out. it's too late. Yeah, until it? you're yeah. out of the situation. Yeah, no, completely, because um, I was going to say something there, and it's evaded me. That's a big word. <laughs> evaded. <laughs> she does use them sometimes, <laughs> occasionally. A linguist, if you will. <laughs> don't know what language that is. Do a leap of lingo. She's a linguist. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, kind of mind, it'll come back to me. Right. Speaking of cunt. Cream <laughs> pie, anyone? Spitter swallow, come on. <laughs> Question for the culture. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Should we look at our Dolls Discuss suggestions? Yeah, Instagram. (laughs) Somebody said, is sex only ever good when it's with someone you truly care for? Mm, No, because I've had good, I've had great sex with people who I don't necessarily care for. I think there's a difference between caring for someone and having perhaps... Uh, an emotional connection yeah. with them, um, but I think sex can definitely. I think when you care for someone and have perhaps particular feelings for someone, it definitely heightens. Yeah, the sure. like you've the got experience that gold shimmer sex. when you look at them. Yeah, and also there, there's also like a mutual comfortability yeah, there exactly. that you have with each other. You know each other mentally. Or emotionally, which in turn means you can know each other physically even better. Um, but I don't necessarily think that. But also, it it's it's completely individualistic. Some people can't really have sex with people who they don't care for. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I think back to the some of the times that I've had casual sex, and it's not necessarily that I didn't care for the person. Um, but we still had like. It, it, a good old fucking time. <laughs> a good old fucking. <laughs> it, no, was, it was. It was still like an enjoyable experience, and it was still yeah. fun and exciting. But I, if I sit here now and say, "Do I care for the person, or did I care for them at the time?" No. Yeah, no really. I think it's one of those. But things. I do prefer. Sorry, I do That's prefer fun. to have sex with people that I have some kind of emotional connection with because i can't i can't really do just like balls to the balls casual yeah, like, sex like two messages here here's my apartment or flat come over like come on in like no and do you know what else i hate when people whenever people are like that oh there's no kissing i'm like ah, what am i meant to do <laughs> <Robin Bums. laughs> no kissing i'm like ah, oh so you're not into like gay shit <laughs> wait does, has people have people said no kissing yeah. i like before on the messages and i'm like ah, well honey i'll not be coming over fuck's <laughs> sake no but kissing that's yeah, yeah, so no, people weird. are like that but again that's like the sort of like people who are strictly on the dl and all right. that because like at the They'd time. be so dearly in the no, basement, literally, bitch. like, below. I'm like, that's the height of the devil, fuck's sake. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, especially this, I, that was a thing that happened more so when I was still presenting as gay because, like, okay, they want to shag a gay boy's arse, but they don't want to kiss because that is too gay, too gay. for them. And I'm like, God, I like, like that. The I, insecurity no, jumped but, Yeah, out. but also, like, when you think about... Sometimes I just think, what is, like, what like, is running, like, two monkeys clapping symbols like, together? Literally, a goldfish like, in the brain, like, like genuinely. What, what is, like, what the fuck is going on? And it's just, like, do people actually lap this shit up? But they have to do. they do. And I'm like, ah, you're so... I have a glass <laughs> in your ass. <laughs> Lolly. <laughs> That's a chopper chop, bitch. <laughs> Literally. Um, let's see what else. What I don't else know do if there was have? any. Um, there, was an- there was another fun one. There was one that said, well, someone just said, hardcore will never die. And I said, that was just a statement. <laughs> um, somebody said, no sexuality questions after transition. <gasps> Am I by phase of transition? They've used in parenthesis. That's so, like, good. sexuality changing. 
after so transition. ContraPoints talked about this in her video Shame, which I all... What's that word? When you... What? Like obsessed, no, no. Love, when you like rinse, no. When you suggest that other people recommend, oh, recommend. That's I. Oh, I recommend. <laughs> I'm really dyslexic. Well, I'm not really. Dys- I'm dyslexic. Um, she's I've, not. She's just trans. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just thick. Um, and that was with three C. Come on. <laughs> um, I recommend everyone to watch it because it's super insightful on relationships and sex. We can put it in the link tree. We can pop it. Oh yeah, we'll pop it in the link tree. We should actually. Do you know what we should do? We should create like Like some kind of document. Yeah, 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 for sure. But she talks about how when she started to transition, she felt as if she she identified before before she transitioned as initially straight and then bi, and then when she transitioned, she still was um classing herself as bi but only predominant predominantly entering relationships with men and that a lot of that has to do with comp het so compulsory heterosexuality which i think we should do a whole episode on because it's just like whoa which Mm -hmm. is so interesting but one thing that a lot of people don't necessarily know about hormones is that they can have a big effect on the way that you experience emotions and also your sexuality so i always speaking from experience i came out as pansexual my first coming out ever when i was like 15 16 or whatever i and i think this was purely to do with um the hormones and the testosterone that was fueling through my body i found men so much more physically attractive that when you are entering into like a sexual experience or even just like masturbating or having a wank or whatever I'll whack on the gay porn because that's what I know will do the job but then (laughs) this is so funny to talk about (laughs) but when when I transitioned I started to really realise that I had this really deep deep attraction to femininity not just masculinity but also femininity and I don't think I would have entered into that space unless I transitioned and unless I had perhaps less testosterone-fueled lust mm-hmm. suckling around in my brain. Because now I'm in, I, I feel like my libido is just in a different space. And that means that I am, a, I am able to um, compartmentalise uh, just other people and other genders and different things. And it's always been there. But I think because I was just like this horny boy for so yeah. long I was just going for I was just interested in the thing that would do the job the quickest yeah. but now that I'm not within that space anymore I don't rely on that and it's just yeah yeah and I think it's one of those things that will progress as well like the older you get and the more secure within your queerness and identity that you have you begin to realise that you can have these, like, incredible, like, attractions and emotional, like, attractions towards people. And sex doesn't necessarily need to be the, like, the... Because I still think people view, like, 
who you're attracted to is like who you would have sex with and that's not always the case you can like you can have attractions to people and you could enter again sort of touching on last week and in these relationships where you don't have sex but that like it's like almost you know that scene where it's like oh you're saying you're bisexual well go and kiss a girl then or like go and do that and it's like unless it's been acted on in a sexual manner it somehow invalidates your sexuality because it's like with me as well um i would always just say queer like i wouldn't i I don't like to necessarily label myself apart from annoying because i'm really fucking (laughs) annoying (laughs) um but like i don't want to label myself because it's like okay i may feel a certain way right now but who's to say that that is how i'm going to feel a year down the line Mm. or like six months down the line Mm -hmm. but if i'm going around saying this is solely me you're almost sort of program yourself to solely think and behave in that way cutting yourself off from experiences and there's there's also been points where i thought because i interact with with masculine people a lot more like romantically and sexually that that somehow means that perhaps maybe i'm straight or whatever but then it's i i just i just think i'm like no yeah that's so incorrect because i've literally i've literally been in love with other genders you know yeah exactly yeah and again i think when you're based when you're adding transness into it as well it's like because i could tell you that like the emotional love and attraction that i've had for people that present as femme and women has probably been more than i've had for people who are men or men at the time mm-hmm. but because i necessarily don't feel secure enough in the way that i present like body image and stuff and i haven't sexually acted upon these like emotional attractions towards women then that somehow then i'm only straight as well it's like just like a friendship but it's not because i think again it's like okay this is stuff that i need to work on within myself but it's like see if i was to get like have sex or be in like a sexual position with someone who was identified as a cis woman i would in turn pro like know that i would feel so manly and masculine right okay that it's just not worth worth putting myself through that right now because okay like that's not how i present but like i know how i feel within myself i know like already there's times where I like will be standing next to cis women and I feel like a fucking caricature. So it's like never mind opening up the vulnerability of being in a sexual position. Yeah. That it would just be like too yeah. much. And ju- and that's just that's just like compact thinking, you know what I mean? That can compulsory heterosexuality thinking of the only thing that will validate me as a trans feminine person is the attention of a male because i have been conditioned to think that the only predominantly valid form of relationship is a masculine and a feminine dynamic yeah Yeah, and especially i think as well there's that sort of like subconscious vibe of like if you're doing the most to thanks if you're doing the most to be like i'm a woman and you're identifying as a woman it's like well, how could you go through all of that and then not want male attention, not want to be attracted to men? Yeah, but it's like, but like we touched on last week, it's like, 
it's decentering that that thinking in your head and i think that only that just only comes with time you know you, yeah like you you're I, only you're only develop you're only able to develop those thought processes through time and through self-reflection and spiritual development and all those um yeah i think it's like what one of these things see when you like boil down transition it's like it really is a slow process because you have to do one thing at a time it's a long it's slog like, it is like the longest of slogs and it's like the first sort of hurdle is becoming like okay within yourself without adding any sort of like and i think that's why like what we touched on last week why you'll find like quite often if people are going through a transition and especially medical transition they will quite often become and hate already if you're on like if you've started hormones your libido and all that goes down as your hormones are leveling out mm. but already you are now beginning to try and understand and be okay with the person that you're becoming so adding in sex and relationships is just too much which is why i feel like a lot of trans people in their early transition stages just stop like having sex or yeah. it can go the opposite way where it's sort of like that dynamic where some people will use sex as a way of coping, coping with the yeah. fact that they uh -huh. don't feel okay with themselves uh -huh. at the moment in time yeah and again it sort of is that thing where it's like if you're in those stages of not necessarily feeling the best about yourself the act of like having loads of sex and these people being obsessed with you and giving you compliments and validation for that time of course that can become addictive because like that's the thing that you're trying to search for within yourself yeah and it's the same it's the sort of same with any addiction in it like that thing becomes the thing that you constantly chase yeah yeah how do you feel about using dating apps in that i feel like we've probably used every single yeah, dating app like apps well not bumble i've never been on bumble no but who the <laughs> fuck has although i do want to talk about raya Oh, the Illuminati Tinder. Oh, oh yeah, because okay. you, because you're not on that, but I am. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just bring me back to normal civilization. Thank but, you. Another <laughs> one. Thank, thank you. you. Um, so my relationship with dating apps, I feel like, has Should always. Should we talk about each one? Yeah, and how, and okay. how, and how what... we utilize that yeah. if we do. And so white when I first obviously. White. White, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, when I was obviously presenting as a gay male, like was on every one of them, like using them, do, 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 that was fine. I then came out and like as trans, and at the start, I was on Tinder and stuff. And it was fine, and I chose not to, and still to this day, if I was to go back on Tinder, I... Ha, don't choose not to disclose the fact that I'm trans and like the bio and stuff. I can see both sides of it, but my view has always been that I wouldn't walk down the street and let everyone I know that I'm trans. Yeah, it's something that I think is not like it's a sacred thing because like if somebody wants to know, like I'll tell them. But it's just like not this and information that doesn't need to be public domain, pretty yeah. much. And also, there is that safety thing of, like, if you're announcing you're trans, like, people can, and especially if you've linked your Instagram and stuff, it can just lead to, like, unsafety 
like measures and like people can act in whatever ways. Okay, yeah. So there was a period when I first came out and hadn't started medical transition when I was still on Tinder and it was fine, whatever. People would like live for me and then I would have the whole thing because this is the bad part of not disclosing your trans straight away. You then have that thing of like, if you get talking to someone, it's like it's suddenly you have to like be like, boo, surprise, mm-hmm. I've got a dick. And it shouldn't be this big thing, but it is. And just again, everyone deals with it in their own way, but I would never ever meet up with someone unless they knew that I had a dick and I was trans, just because like the worst thing that I could imagine is like you don't tell anyone, then you go and meet them and then something really bad right. happens okay, because yeah. there's like that happens to people. But what then I experienced was that moment of like people being obsessed with you, like living for how and I looked as soon and as stuff. You tell and them, yeah, yeah, then it is they're like that. Oh, thanks a lot, giving it all this, and it just became too much. I was like, what am I actually gaining from this? Because I'm not actually meeting any of these people. None of these people are necessarily that attractive, but just because it's this whole like man vibe i was living for it so i've i've not used tinder in like over a year i hate tinder like it's honestly boring like see just that thing of like only being able to present as man or woman like you're already cutting off your market and it's this thing again of like it's so easy for like see if somebody did react really badly to me coming out as trans they can report the account and then trans people are getting blocked Blocked from using tinder and it's just like why am i going to entertain giving my time to a platform that is fundamentally so not okay with trans people being on it like i i used tinder before um i don't use it anymore and i don't ever plan on using it ever again just because it's such an awful platform but there was a point where i didn't disclose that i was trans and just like dealt with and if it if it ever got to a point where perhaps i would go on a date with someone i would tell them right Mm -hmm. but then i just i just started it's also i was i just put it in my bio i was just like trans girl because it got to a point where i was like i cannot be fucked having to have this conversation every single time because for some reason it would make me feel bad or it would make me feel like a bad person Mm -hmm. that i'm telling them oh by the way that i'm i'm trans yeah like why is that making me feel bad it like internalized transphobia of like i don't feel like i don't feel like that's a nice thing to have to tell someone so I don't want to do it. And like, that's yeah. just fucked. Like, that's so fucking dumb at the end of the day. So I was just like, right, I'm just going to put it in my bio. There was one time, though, I was playing in Dundee. Um, and I was meeting someone who knew who I was already mm-hmm. through, like, being Talia. But it wasn't in my bio. And I just told them very quickly. I was like, uh, um, literally, like, half an hour before I was meeting them. Oh, by the way, do, do you know that I'm trans? Yeah. And he was like, no. And I was like, how the fuck? <laughs> how the fuck? Like, how, yeah. Like, how, like, how do you, like, you, like, gen, like, you, gen, you know me through my music, like, how do you not know that I'm trans? And, like, even just, like, dealing with that, it's like, I, I don't want to have to, I yeah, can't be no, honest, just, like, coming that, out. It's, it's almost like coming out every single time. No, genuinely. Like, and no. all that for what? Like, because, see, at the end of the day, there is no relationships being got out of this. It's like, you're being in that vulnerable position, that emotional position of being like, Oh, just like, no, I'm trans, I'm a girl with a dick and all this. And it's like, it's then 
just allowing that person to treat you how they want to and it's like i don't want to give you the power to do that yeah to suddenly be like that you're no longer worthy of my attention or you're no longer attractive in my eyes because you've got a wee girly duck like honestly your lady wand (laughs) my girly wand (laughs) my fairy wand (laughs) and that'd be a fairy (laughs) like tinker bell (laughs) stinker bell (laughs) well (laughs) call us me just um, now use grinder. So I will, so I had deleted Tinder and then Grinder I had had for like quite a while because I feel like whilst it's not necessarily the best environment for anyone to be on, there is definitely a bigger, like a more ease it, of just presenting as how you want. It's queerer. Yeah, it's queerer, like, but it's obviously still marketed towards like gay men and whatever. So there was a period again where I was on that, but it just became very reductive and very much like the same people like saying, oh, you're so hot. And I'm just like that. I wouldn't actually go near you with a 10 I would honestly pole. rather go outside, shut my hands and clap for the NHS than ever <laughs> fucking use Grindr again. Honestly, it is the worst app. And also, I would, I would never use it anyway purely just because of perhaps people around Glasgow or the UK or however you want to say it. Like, we'll just know me from my music or whatever. I just wouldn't use it within that space. But honestly, the app in itself, no mama. Yeah, and I think as well, trying to navigate that as being like a trans woman, it's very much like you can put your pronouns and all that in your bio, but it's then because it's an app that is sort of catered towards... trans. Like... Mm-mm. Yeah, and then it's like obviously catered to mainly towards like the gay man. It's like, are people just seeing me as like an effeminate gay man? And, and is that like a sacrifice of my identity to be on there? And also, that is where all the chasers go. Yeah, That's where exactly. All the like be, the they easiest. Be, they be hat, sitting there. Like sitting, like sitting ch- chasing. <laughs> and also, just this thing, it became very, very. Because again, throughout my whole experience of being on dating apps, Whilst, okay, I'll send, like, a wee, a wee pum pum pack. Um, I've... <laughs> <laughs> Ride the pum pum, sing the pum pum. Like, I'm f- giving full cock balls, tits, ass, all that, <laughs> like, the whole shebang has never really just been my gig. And I, spe- I think it, again, just comes down to, like, never feeling purely comfortable with just body and stuff so like see when you were like being met with us like constant like you i like they would pop up with like a dick pic and if you didn't instantly send someone back you were suddenly getting all these like barrage of messages Mm. saying like what the fuck you're wasting my time and it's like see because we're on this app see because we're on this app you don't suddenly have this like legitimacy and authority over me to be like it's a it's it's a way that it's a way that people view um online sexual relationships and the way it's a way that people people view you as property no completely yeah and as soon as you do something that they don't like they will why take you back to the shop and get a refund yeah genuinely but there was a time when i was just on there for the compliments and then i was like that these are just not happening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the packs are being wasted on there. Um, Do you like getting a dick pic? 
What do I like receiving one? Aye. Um, a video with sound on. Yeah. <laughs> really? A camera one. Yeah, I love that. What the fuck? Do you not? But I mean, like, if somebody's going to send me a dick pic, like, I see just randomly, I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I'm also just like, like, what am I meant to do with that? Sometimes it's kind of like signing, like, a tenancy agreement or something like that. Like, if I'm going to meet up with somebody, sometimes it's nice... Oh, yeah. ...to but, see what I'm working with. But nice also, surprise. be surprised. Yeah. I currently get a bit to drink a flat. <laughs> what are we surprised? Sometimes um, it's nice to get a bit of notice. Yeah, but also it's just like, see, at the end of the day... Unless you're, like, really, really fancying someone, a dick is a dick. Like, see, if you're getting a stranger's dick pic, just sent you, it's like, yeah. I can look that up in Google Images, babes. <laughs> That's why I want a come video with the sound <laughs> on. Like, grunts and moans, Sound on. <laughs> grunts and moans. Yeah, that's really hot to me. Grunting and moaning. That is really attractive to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's grinder. So we're both no longer partaking in the act of no, that. No, I could never. Although there has been some times that I've been really hungover. Um, not recently, and, like, really bored. And I'm like, should I just do it? But then I'm like, for what? For yeah, genuinely for what? bought. Genuinely. Um, so the only dating app, that I'm currently actively on is Field, which is fine, but... Field is my favourite one out of them all. It's the best out of a bad bunch because it obviously allows you to... Like choose your identity, choose your sexuality, completely cater to everything. Everything that you want out to be open the open... Out. <laughs> Everything that you want to be out in the open As, is out in yeah, the open. Yeah, and like people be and you have more going into detail in those bios. I know they'd be like, like that. ENM Poly Vegan by um, the, the, the Rising Sun and Moon Signs. Like the what is that one called where it's like how you work and like. And a group environment like ENTPF and all that. I'm like, why do I need to know 90210. that? <laughs> I'm like that. Honestly, all mine says in it is God, stinking. God's favorite. Oh, <laughs> should we read our bios? Oh, yeah. Out? oh yeah, my God, yeah, yeah right. Okay. Hold on till I get up the app. Honestly, that should be blown up. <laughs> As a matter. <laughs> My right. current field bio. I'll read mine out right. first. So, 23, trans, feminine, pansexual, single. Now, mine's is actually really mysterious. Okay. Which I think... As cute. Is yeah, interesting. I like, I like it more. 99% angel. True. Mm-hmm. Extremely gorgeous and a lot of fun. Also true. Yeah. And then my desires, it just says ask. Because I am not... Labeling what I'm into <laughs> yeah, out, in the, out in the open, not a fucking chance. Genuinely, mine's as twenty-two, trans women, queer, single, and then the bio as Miss Universe, internationally renowned model, <laughs> part-time funny girl, five-star bitch. <laughs> Insta at OK Lords, and that's it. You got the Insta in? Yeah, of course. I want yeah. I want the follows, but <laughs> I'm trying to become an influencer here. <laughs> you better tag the those as Um But I know I've not put any of my des- desires and all that. No, and I then, like, never. your interests, like, what am what? I going to do? Drinking wine, <laughs> reading Ethel Kane, Lady Gaga. Like, that is boring. I, I know, think it's like, unless, like, because I sat and tried to make it funny, and it's like, 
No, it just wasn't working. Yeah. And what's and my some... desires? Getting fingered. <laughs> Getting bummed. I also do love that. <laughs> like, I could I could never have... Oh, it's it's like airing your dirty laundry sometimes. Yeah. Like, not to shame anyone who like likes to put themselves forward or put them out there. Personally, for me, I like to keep myself quite disclosed until yeah. I meet the individual. And also, it's one of these things, because again, it was like, the problem that I had, like, being on Grinder and stuff, it was like, what are you into? And it's like, see, honestly, the last thing I want to do on a Monday afternoon at 17 minutes past three is list to you what I'm into sexually. Why are people not just like, if we click and we're having a wee message, you then meet up and you see what the vibe is then. See these people that want to, like, pre-plan exactly what's no, going to happen sexually. Like, I'm like, just scared with the flow like and it will be flowing so just go with it <laughs> just go with like genuinely like what are you into and i'm like sorry but this is the most boring reductive question that can be asked like genuinely <laughs> what are you into i'm like that the dismantling of the patriarchy <laughs> fuck's sake trans liberation now <laughs> bl blm <laughs> genuinely but yeah and also anyone that's Trying to come on to me sexually, do not ask what I'm into because I will not respond. <laughs> Everyone was like, nobody was doing that anyway. <laughs> um, that was a good week off, wasn't it? Aye, that was <laughs> Let's keep going. Um, so yeah, what? apart from Fields, that's it. That's only, it. Although I did download Hinge yesterday. I just saw Grind on your phone. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not. Oh, I'm a liar. I'm on Hinge as well. Oh, you actually did, but look. Like, this has been downloaded when the app was, when I was hungover, but I've not logged in or made an account. Right, okay, fair enough. Just <laughs> keep it for a rainy day. <laughs> so right. anyone within a five mile radius of me, you might see me bob up. <laughs> I have Hinge as well, but Hinge is genuinely, like... It's really tired, isn't it? it, it it's a, it's a lot of effort. I don't like the interface. And then, oh, again, it's like... Add Mondays, a, am I right? No, I'm really wrong. <laughs> add a voice prompt. And I was like, I don't want people hearing this big tranny voice. <laughs> I'm like, ah, hi! No, you're just like, ah, if you want to hear my voice, just go to at the Dolls Discuss <laughs> on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Amazon Podcasts. Genuinely, somebody stopped me in the street walking home from work the other day and they were like... Oh, you're so gorgeous. Like, these glasses, your hair, your height. This is cute. And I was like that. For safety, I was like that. Thank you. <laughs> I had my fame voice on. Thank you. <laughs> Another one, I was thank like, you. you can only say two words. Thank you. And then I walked away. No, bitch, that happened to me in the taxi. So it was Damon's birthday party. Uh-huh. And honestly, the world's worst night to try and get a taxi. <laughs> had to get a Glasgow cab. I was obviously in full geesh, walked Aye. in. I didn't think I... Usually in Ubers, I don't really need to say much, but that bitch apparently wanted to fucking... <laughs> chin ha- wag. Have a chin, like the chinest of wags. Um, and I was like, so... I can't... No, but I honestly, I can't do... Like, I can't... Like, f- I don't fucking care about my voice. Like, I can't do, like, a high voice or anything like that. But I was just like, um, so how... Do you take cash or card? And he was like that. Um, only got cash and I was like okay <laughs> sitting there with about five bank cards in my bag no cash not even one single pence so there, here I was phoning Calvin on the phone with, with a pure fishy voice do you have any cash that I could pay this taxi with honestly fucking but mortifying honestly it's one of these things it's like 
it's always one of these things in it but um like I really won't change my voice unless it's like the two people that like stopped me were like obviously quite inebriated it was like half 10 on a Monday night in Sucky Hall Street right. I was like that like I couldn't be arsed but like wait so these are people who saw you on field no, they they just stopped me in the street oh, right, from okay, work okay. last night. This <laughs> <laughs> is just a wee The blind leading the blind. Aye, I was like, you've got your drunk goggles on, obviously, honey. <laughs> I've just fucking finished running about. <laughs> I've just stalked myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can bleep it out. <laughs> um, Not that anyone will be visiting anyway. I know, but... <laughs> What was the point of that story again? I yeah, so <laughs> I downloaded Hinge, but it's honestly, I'm just bored of it. I'll probably end up deleting it because it's just like, see as a whole as well. And honestly, I do be a whole. <laughs> so breedable. Yeah, and I also just think it's one of these things, it takes a lot for my attention to be captured, like over messages. Like, see people that just pop up and they're like, what you up to? Do you know what I found is that my most fulfilling relationships in any aspect have been with people who I've either met beforehand yeah. and just got along with and then later on it's a message on yeah, Instagram it, or something or like a bit, yeah. it's been a vibe or whatever or have just like met them in like a bar or a pub or da, 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 meeting them out see in the grand scheme of things uh-huh. meeting people off apps for me it just doesn't it's never led to anything that has fully sparked my interest. Yeah. It's that whole, that you know, that idea of like being, oh, I don't like using dating apps. I want to meet someone the old fashioned way. Mm-hmm. Suddenly dating apps, you can't deny that we are living in the future and perhaps meeting someone the old fashioned way is using a dating app at yeah. the end of the day. Like we are moving forward. We are moving within the future. But what I have found is that the connections that have meant the most to me or have maybe brought me more joy or satisfaction have always been um, something that has came out of a more kind of natural, yeah. destined method of meeting each other. Yeah, like meeting each I other out again, or something like, like that. See, when another question that I hate getting on dating apps is like, what do you want from this? And it's like, see, at the end of the day, what's the point in saying I want a relationship from this? Because when it comes down to it, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And see that like natural chemistry of like meeting someone, getting talking and then like potentially leading into places. That seems a lot, it's a lot nicer that way than like meeting someone off a date and I'm not exactly sure what each of your vibe is and then feeling like if it do- if it doesn't go anywhere serious like yeah. I think the thing with dating apps is I very much struggle to view them as like this thing of like being like single dates okay because yeah. like I feel like people just don't want to go on single dates anymore it's like the act of like wanting to like go on a date without it meaning anything without it like leading anywhere with just like 
wanting to spend a night or like go for drinks with this one person, having a nice time and then that being it, you's not like leaving it on bad terms or anything, but it was nice for that one thing. Like I feel like nobody does that anymore. Yeah. And I said my spring summer 2022 vibe is going on loads of first dates. Really? So I'm going to try and do that. That's nice. So if anyone's wanting to go on a first date, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. Can, no, I re- but can, I, can I read something out to you about dating apps? Yeah. From This is still from the same essay. So the subheading for this paragraph is called When More Is Less. One would think that an expanded pool of potential partners would optimise mate selection. In practice, however, whilst having too few options creates feelings of despondency, having too many leads to decision paralysis. And so this whole uh, section of the essay kind of talks about how as human beings, when we are offered too much choice, it's too much for our brains yeah. to cope with. And so we gain more satisfaction from selecting from a smaller pool, perhaps, of people. And we draw more of a, I guess, a satisfactory conclusion out of our choices when they come from smaller, smaller groups. So that's also one thing that I found. See, just like being on apps and just seeing so many, so many people, it's too much, yeah, Mama. genuinely. And, and also it's like... It, Basic like see these apps as well it's purely based on appearance yeah like because you're just responding to how you visually like respond to that person and then see when you get talking to some of these people you're like ah, you are a in. fucking pot Aye. pan <laughs> exactly <laughs> a pot pan <laughs> the pot puree <laughs> but yeah it's just like it's when things like you are dull, yeah, you're when, giving dull. I know it's like, how could you look so? But again, it's one of these things I find the hottest of people are sometimes very lackluster in personality because they've written on being hot. Aye. So I must be the exception because, bitch, I'm gorgeous and I've got hundreds of personality. <laughs> a little bit too much. <laughs> Aye, it be going round these days. <laughs> the pim pim. <laughs> um, but yes, one of these things, oh, why? like honestly, one, of these, one of these things, one of these things, I'm like, well, what one is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, dating apps are cute and all that, but there, there was also, see this period of time when I wasn't on dating apps, there is like a certain sort of and invalidity, is that the word? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, In what context? You suddenly feel like you've cut yourself off from like being reachable right you so you feel you feel like socially invalid yeah because it's like if you're not on these dating apps nothing is ever going to come from you because again like it's all nice and good like talking about like meeting people naturally but quite often queer people rely on dating apps yeah exactly it's like like in my experience i've not formed that many connections with people out in the club Mm, right okay and it's probably because I've got a face like a smacked arse <laughs> it's because you're bouncing them I, 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 the walls they, in can't, they can't <laughs> actually capture me as I'm actually tr- like stomp pumping the pavement <laughs> <laughs> pumping the pavement of the dumping the dance floor like literally but again and then it's one of these things it's like you can get chatting to someone when you're pushed but then like see but then it's that it's that same thing you're completely pushed yeah exactly 
And it's like, they should just have these, like, spaces where you go and just, like, cruise. <laughs> Kelvin Grove Park. You know, like, cruise, but sober vibes, and you chat to people. You just, like, cruise. I believe they call that coffee shops, actually. <laughs> I believe they call that blind dates. <laughs> you're not a blind date, you're a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> we actually seen the Cellback statue when I was in Liverpool. What is it? She says, surprise, surprise. <laughs> All right, who's... No. <laughs> we need to come up with a title. You need to come up with something quick, quick bitch. <laughs> um, how long have we been recording? I've actually got no idea. Um, an hour and a bit. Yeah, an hour and 20. Should we wrap it up soon? Yeah. Is there any other points that we feel... I need to get ready. Feel? I'm going on a date. <gasps> Speaking of dates. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I feel like that conversation yeah, has been that really was good. lovely. This, I feel like we've not really focused that much on sex. <laughs> For right, a discussion. So quickly, wait, wait. quickly, what are you into? <laughs> <laughs> I need to come up with something quick. <laughs> Real no, quick. I think we have. No, I we mean, have. I spoke about. We spoke about common no, cocks. Yeah, yeah. Spatter swallows. <laughs> Unless it's spat. another. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, we weren't going to go into kinks and all that. We can't have that on the grand like, Spotify. I'm also a public figure. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> public figure, right? <laughs> no, that was good. Delicious. Yeah, no, it was good. Right, was okay, yummy. so no title as of yet. There'll probably be something in there. Aye. We'll come up with something. We always do. I'll listen back to it. I know. Can't wait for our recent preview tonight. <laughs> listening to all oh, one hour and twenty. Right. Okay. So will we close it out? Yeah. Well, thanks for listening again. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. And please engage and converse. Like, if there's things that you want to talk about, just honestly message to be dolls discuss. Yeah. We're still in the process of like setting everything up. We might like. I think it would be good to have like maybe we could start a Discord server. Maybe. And have like a chat form, but where... I feel like that's like a difficult kind of thing to manage. Yeah, I was kind of thinking maybe we should set up a Tumblr to get people. Yeah, because you us can ask anonymously, ask questions via there. But also, we want we want to know that like you all are like listening, and we want to know what you want us to yeah, talk about. Yeah, because I think the thing is as well, like, see, at the end of the day, it's also about creating a community. Yeah, as well. at the end of the day. Me and Talia are the last people to judge or like like pass any judgment on people. So when it's like actual Instagram accounts that we are maybe familiar with the people or like we know of that are messaging, it's like nice to see that like people are engaged and mm. it's nice to see like who's actually listening because right now we honestly have no idea. No, literally, <laughs> literally. But we know that people are listening. Right, listening. <laughs> Um, so that's fun. Yeah. So we'll be back in your ears next week. Think so. Think yeah. so. We'll um, see. We'll see how this one goes. Updates coming. Um, yeah. Just keep it. Just keep it, your papers on that. Dolls discuss Insta. We still need to figure out what we're going to talk about next week, but we'll um, find something. Yeah. Probably what we had for dinner. I <laughs> <laughs> checked Kiev. But yeah, no. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed that one and took something away from it. Yep. I like being fingered. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't talk about Raya. Oh, right. Do you want to do it quickly? Should I? Aye. Right. It's awful. <gasps>
It's bad. Uh, do you not like pay a monthly subscription? For yeah, that? it's nine. It's ten pounds a month. And are you still on it? I deleted the. And I got rid of the subscription because honestly, there... I was matching with people, but like it would go nowhere. And were they actual like slaves? Mm. Robical train. <laughs> <laughs> Chewing <laughs> the vat. <laughs> um, I mean, like they. Because I, what I actually like, what, is the like, credentials to get on to that? You so need to have. I like, think you ju- you just need to be like. Um, Some more in public domain. Yeah, some, somehow in the public domain. There's models on it, there's artists on it, there's musicians, there's producers, film producers, actors. That's cute. It, it's, it's like, it's very... But when you're on it, there's footballers as well. When you're on it, you're kind of like, ah, fuck, is this it? Yeah. You were, you were expecting, like, Drake, <laughs> Rihanna, ASAP <laughs> Rocky, and you got wee Kevin that works for again on the, <laughs> set, the film set. <laughs> oh great No but he's actually on Tinder I'm sure There's people I know Have matched with him That bitch is desperate What does that song go like again? No uh, idea No idea <laughs> I deleted my I got rid of my Subscription uh-huh. After this month Because I was like I'm matching with people And this is like Going nowhere This isn't interesting It's just kind of like An exclusive like, Tinder vibe an, like. Yeah an exclusive Tinder But no one is talking on it And it's not interesting Do you know what I was talking to um, When I was in London Working with this songwriter We were talking about it And he was saying that The only good thing about Raya Is to let other Distinguished individuals know that you're single. Yeah. That's it. And honestly, to be quite honest, I cannot be fucked. Yeah, I do not literally. Care. And it's like one of those things as well. It's all well and good being on these apps and getting hundreds of matches, but see if it's just nobody's chatting. What's the, What's the point? Anyway? And also, like, it's it's really good in London. Like, it's popping yeah, in London. Yeah, because everyone's in London. But like... in Glasgow, who is it? It's me, Lewis Capaldi, and forever yours, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, hello, Betty. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. And on that note, we're going to close with this episode. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening to the dolls discuss as usual. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.